0: I don't know about you, but I am really enjoying this milder weather that we're having. Um, If you're like me, especially, and you have a lot of animals to take care of, this milder weather is great because I don't have to water my cows. I've got a pond. They go right out there. They drink. I really don't have to do anything about it. But it wasn't long ago, a few weeks, that we were hitting some sub-zero temperatures. And guess what? The pond was froze. And so I had to get water to the cows. Now here's the other part of this. Most people who have a farm like mine have done the work prior to make that easier. If you've never been on a farm, you may not understand this, but if you have, you probably know what I'm talking about. Most farms have what's called a frostless hydrant. So if you go by a farm and you see a hydrant that's standing, you know, three, four foot out of the ground, that hydrant, hydrant, the way it works is that the water is not actually up out of the ground. The water is actually down in the ground where it can't freeze. When you pull that handle, what happens is there's a suction that happens that sucks the water up out, usually about four feet in the ground, up to where you can get to the water. But when you shut it off, guess what? A regular hydrant, the water just stays right there at the knob. In a frostless, it goes all the way back down to the ground. Well, you know what? I knew I needed one this summer, but life was so busy, there was so much going on, and I really just didn't think I had the time to put the work Plus the money that it would take, because I was going to have to dr- dig this trench all the way from the highway. And if you, those of you know where I live, I've got a pretty long driveway. I was going to have to dig this long trench. I was going to have to put all the money into the piping and the, uh, you know, the hydrant and, you know, all of that. And I was just like, you know what? It's going to be fine. I mean, we really don't have that bad of weather around here, right? Well, then it hit, Right and I'm not ready for it. Um, I've got hoses that I'm gonna attach to a hydrant at my house and run it out there. Well, I had drained the hoses so that there's no water in there, and I'd kept them in my garage. But you know what? There was still enough water in those hoses, and it was just cold enough in my garage that it froze the hoses. I couldn't get water out to the cows. On top of that, the hydrant that's at the house even though it keeps the water back under the house the hydrant was froze i couldn't turn the water on. So what am I doing? Well, I'm going to Dollar General and getting me a little bitty torch and trying to heat up the hydrant. It doesn't work. I got to go to Rule King. I got to get a bigger propane torch to try to heat it up to get it to work. I'm having to put the hoses in a heated room so that it can thaw out so that I can get water to them. And what I ended up doing one day was I had to fill five gallon buckets. Stetson was helping me and I'm walking it at about 50 yards dumping it and coming back. That's for 12 cows. That took a long time. I was wore out. And the whole reason was because I didn't prepare for the storm. We're going to look at a passage this morning that is all about this. Life is full of storms. But you know what? Right now, We're sitting in a uh, climate-controlled room. Uh, We've got this nice light. Uh, We're all hopefully well-fed, and we're all clothed, and most of us are smelling good, right? And life seems pretty good. We all seem like pretty good people. But you know what? Put us in a storm of life. Put us somewhere where everything is coming at us, and things are falling apart, and what happens? Well, one of two things is going to happen. The foundation that we are standing on is going to be exposed. If we have not dug down through our sinful nature to the bedrock of Jesus, that is going to come out. And what's going to come out of that is destruction, Things are going to fall apart. And you know what I'm talking about? Because all of us have been through this. We've been through storms in our life where things in us got exposed. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus is doing that for a reason because you were meant to be bonded with Him. And He is trying to expose that the foundation that you are on, if it is on anything other than Him, will not survive the storms of life. It is an act of grace on his part. I want to look at a passage this morning that talks about this very thing. It's found um, in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. Luke chapter 6. And there's a passage much like this in Matthew chapter 7. And I'm also going to look at some of that later on. But here's where we're going to focus. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Um, Jesus was speaking about a lot of different things in here. And in this section, he's going to talk about this um, building on the foundation of Jesus. Verse 46 says this. So why, and this is Jesus talking. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, Lord? When you don't do what I say, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, It stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Now, some of us here grew up in church, some of us didn't. If you grew up in a church, you probably sang songs and heard nice little stories about, you know, building your house on the rock and when the storm came, you know, it stood and all that stuff. But what does it really mean for our life? I mean, you know, I mean, it sounds, you know, quaint and all that. What does it really mean? I want to get down to what Jesus is really talking about here. And in order to do that, first of all, that first verse there where it says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? In the Matthew passage, it gets deeper into what he's saying there. So I'm gonna flip back to Matthew chapter 7. Um And I want you to hear what he says in verse 21 through 23, because he talks more about what he's saying when he's addressing these people that say, Lord, Lord, but they don't do what he says. He says this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. So here's what he's talking about when he's talking about those people who cry out to him, Lord, Lord. These are people who claim to follow him, okay? They speak his name. If someone asks, you know, are you a follower of Jesus? Yes, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. As a matter of fact, I'm involved in all of these good works, and they listed a bunch of good works, and so maybe you could do that. You could say, well, I do this and I do that. And and many times the mentality of people is that the way that you get to heaven is you try to do more good stuff than bad stuff. I just want you to know that is not Scripture, that is not Jesus at all. It's not it at all. There's nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. It is a free gift. And Scripture declares that all of us, every one of us, are, are wretched, okay? We need a Savior. And so the way that we enter heaven is by receiving Christ. But here's what that means. It means really making Him Lord, which means He's in charge and I do what He says, So if he says, Kirk, do this, I do it. If he says, Kirk, don't do that, I don't do that. Now, I need to also share with you this. (laughs) Every one of us are in an internal war in ourselves. Even if you've accepted Jesus, that means that you now have the spirit of Christ and you don't have to follow evil. That's what it means. But you also need to know this. You still have a sinful nature that is constantly at war with the Spirit. And so sometimes, even though you want to do what God is saying, you choose to do wrong. That is me as well, okay? So I want you to know that right off the bat. So we're not talking about people who walk perfectly because there's no such person. Jesus is the only one, okay? So I I want you to know that because don't let the enemy use that to scare you away like, oh, I can never be that person. Welcome to the club. I can't either. But what I also know is this, that when I say yes to Jesus, what happens is, and and I genuinely try to follow Him. I don't just say, forget you, I'm going to do what I want. When I genuinely try to follow Him, His Spirit empowers me and transforms me, and I go through this process of Him setting me free, setting me free, setting me free, and providing victories in my life. But here's what He's talking about with those people. Those were people who there were certain uh, things that Jesus said they weren't even trying. They're just like, I don't care. I, you know, I'll try to do these good things, but, but this over here that you said don't do, whatever. I, I'm just going to go do those things. And why do we do those things? Well, here, here's one of the things that we hear in the church today. Uh, we hear, well, I was just born that way. I was I, I just, I just born that way. You know what? I totally agree. You want to know how I was born? Number one, I was born a murderer. For real. I was born a murderer. Here's what I mean by that. Without the Spirit of Christ, without the Spirit of Christ in me, I would be a murderer. There's no doubt. How do I know that? Because of the way I'm wired. The way I'm wired is that if somebody challenges me and they don't back down, you know what? One of us is going to die without the Spirit of Christ. Some of you can't relate to that because you're a peacemaker, you just whatever. This is how I'm wired, okay? I, I have what's called a power personality, and it is only the Spirit of Christ that backs me down and it's through digging deep and finding out that, you know what, that stuff's not of God. That stuff is rooted in selfish pride. It's rooted in the kingdom of darkness. And I'm not God and I don't get to choose who lives or dies. And sometimes people are going to come against me and they're going to do things that they shouldn't do. And guess what? It's God's uh, right to deal with that, not mine. The only thing that I get to do is is to do what he says, but how do I get there? I've got to dig down deep through the sinful nature, and I've got to say yes to Jesus. That's how I get there. That's how I get to the solid rock that is Jesus, but you know what? It takes work. You know what's easier is just to not deal with those things and just to just to go about life and just do whatever feels good to me. I've shared this with you before, but especially early on in my 20s, I was a road rage junkie. Like, if you did anything that I didn't like, man, I'm coming after you, and and one of us is going to back down, okay? But what God showed me was, is that that was total pride. It was total selfishness. I I was putting so many people at risk, but, but in my mind, it was all justified. But you see, in order to get set free from that, I had to dig down. I mean, when you go back to the, the, the housing analogy, if you're, if you're gonna build a house, it is way easier and you can get into that thing way sooner if you just immediately start building. You start putting up the frame, you start covering, you know, you get into the little details that you wanna see inside. And for a while, it's gonna feel great as long as the weather is good. It's going to feel great. But when the hurricane comes, okay, the storms start coming. If you don't have a strong foundation, all of that beauty, all of that thing that you loved, it is going to come crashing down. But here's the hard part about the foundation. Nobody sees it. You've got to put all this, I, I built houses for a living for years. You've got to put all of this work into the foundation that nobody's going to see. You've got to dig down. You've got to replace the, the stuff that's not going to hold with stuff that is. Yeah, I mean, even when you're pouring concrete and stuff, you've got to get dig down to, to where you can put that on something that is solid. And all of that work, what it's going to do is, is it's going to help that house that you love stand for years. Well, here's the thing: In each of you is the image of God. The image of God is within each of you, and God wants to bring that beauty out, and He wants that image to stand forever and to live with Him eternally. But here's the thing, just like that firm foundation, on top of it is stuff you can't build on. Even though you're created in the image of God, on top of that is this thing called the sinful nature. You were born with it, okay? We came with it because of our parents, Adam and Eve. So we were born with this sinful nature, and this sinful nature is constantly trying to destroy us, and only God can set us free of it. But in order for that to happen, we've got to be real and open, and we've got to allow Him to deal with things. You know what? It gets worse. Not only was I born a murderer, but without the Spirit of Christ, you know what else I am? I'm an adulterer. Without the Spirit of Christ, that's who I am. And it makes me sick. You're not going to believe this, but I'm not joking about this, okay? I've been married 27 years. We've been together four years before that. To this day, when I look at my wife, um, it's like I forget how beautiful she is. And I, I'm, I see her and I'm like, I, it just And you're going to think I'm joking. You're going to think I'm trying to earn points. I'm not. I, I'm not kidding you. It's like I forget how beautiful she is. I have never in my life seen another woman that I've gone, that woman is more attractive than my wife. Never in my life. But you know what? Without the Spirit of Christ, this sinful nature, if it's put in the storm of temptation, will fold. And you know what I would lose? My wife, my five kids that I love. I mean, when you look at my family, it's a huge blessing, huge blessing. I am grateful every day. But you know what? I would lose it all. The house would crumble if not for the spirit of God. I'm not making this up. This is no joke. This is who I am. But with the spirit of God, guess what? I get to live in this beautiful house with a beautiful wife and five kids that I love because of the foundation of Jesus. Listen to me. I don't care who you are. Jesus can radically transform your life here and now, and He can extend it through eternity. But if you arrogantly think that you can go about life without submitting and surrendering to Jesus, you're going to be like those other people who call out, Lord, Lord, and you point to some of the good things that you did in your life, and Jesus is going to say to you, I never Knew you. Why? Because you didn't do enough good things? No, because you didn't surrender. You you didn't want to dig down through the deep and nasty. You you see, each one of us, you may not be able to relate to the things that I shared to you because those are, you know, and I've got plenty of others, but all of us have stuff. All of us have stuff of the sinful nature that the Lord wants to dig through and He wants to replace that with the Spirit of Christ, but all of it takes work. And and honestly, it's humiliating. It's humiliating because we want to think of ourselves as strong. We want to think of ourselves as good. We want to think of ourselves as always, you know, choosing the the, the right thing. I remember I grew up in the Mormon church, you know, which wasn't about receiving Jesus. It was about doing good works. And I remember as a kid, we had this uh, ring that said CTR. And what it was, was choose the right. And I want you to know as a kid, I wanted to choose the right. And you know what I found? I couldn't do it. I kept choosing wrong. And because of that, I found out religion wouldn't work for me. I needed a savior. I needed a savior who would come and replace me and live inside of me. And I want you to know this morning, that's what I've found. If you've been exposed to religion and you're like, this stuff doesn't work, amen, it didn't work for me either. But I got to tell you what I've found is that Jesus is real. Like, Jesus isn't just something that people talk about. Jesus is real, okay? And, and And I hear from him every day through his word. He guides me in my life, and without him, I just cannot imagine. I know where I would be. I would be in a grave or in a prison. That's where I would be. But with Jesus, with Jesus, I'm pastoring a church. How crazy is that? With Jesus, I have a family that I love. How crazy is that? It's not me. It's Jesus. And what I want to tell you this morning is that Jesus is able to take all the broken pieces of your life and he's able to make something beautiful. But it means surrendering in such a way that you invite God to dig down deep into whatever it is so that you can stand firm on the rock of Jesus. You know, if you go through uh, some of the Old Testament, for some of you who know Scripture a little bit and so on, let me give you an example of that. I've used this a lot, but it's just so good. When you look at the life of King Saul versus the life of King David, King Saul was thrust into the kingship without uh, having, digging down and having a firm foundation. He was just given it. Okay, the the, the people wanted the king and they called forth Saul, Saul stepped into the kingship and at first he was like, oh, I can't believe this, who am I? You know, you've called me to be king, but then here's what happened, the storms came. The storms came and what happened was he didn't rely on God, he relied on himself and you know what happened? He lost everything, but with David, here's what happened. God said, you're going to be king, but then he took him through years and years and years of struggle. Why? Because he was digging down through the gunk, digging down so that David was standing on Christ. And when David got to the kingship, did he do everything perfectly? No, because he's, he's, still, he's still not God. He didn't do everything perfectly, but here's what he did. When he messed up, he repented. And he leaned in on God, and he didn't just lean on himself. And so when the storms came, it exposed his foundation, which was the Lord. What happened from that? Not only did his uh, family reign uh, year after year after year, but because of Jesus, it's going to be eternal. Eternal. Why? Because David was a great guy? No, because he was willing to surrender to the Lord. And so maybe your life has been hard. But you know what? I want you to hear this. What God is doing in your life is He's trying to dig down. He's trying to dig down, and it's painful. It is. But He's trying to dig down so that your life can be rooted on Christ so that you can not only survive now, but when you stand before the Lord, you will live with Him eternally. But it only happens if you're standing on Christ. So this morning... I want to offer an invitation. It's not just words, it's real. Uh, And and it's not my invitation, it's the Lord's invitation, but he is inviting you to just give your life over to him. And so if you're interested in that, there's going to be people standing over here to my left, your right, and they are there to pray with you, and they can pray with you about anything. But but if you want to know what that looks like, I want you to approach someone, and I want you to pray with them, and I want you to invite the Lord to, to be your Lord. Because he created you, he has no favorites, he loves you as much as anybody else, and you don't have to do anything to earn it, you just got to say, Lord, you're in charge, and then when he says move, you move. And when he says don't move, you don't move. And I got to tell you, it's, it's unbelievably freeing. Because you don't have to have all the pressure of life anymore. You don't have to have all the pressure of making the right decisions and making sure you're doing the right stuff and all that. You're just like, Lord, you tell me what to do. And you follow Him, and you get to be a kid again. You know, when we're kids, we want to be adults. And then when we become adults, we're like, I want to go back to being a kid. Well, the good news is you can be. As a matter of fact, Scripture says that unless you come to the Lord as a child, you can't enter But when you come to him as a child and you say, Lord, you're in control, I'm just here to follow, you're freed up, (laughs) and you've got eternity um, to live with him. That's the offer. Lord, this morning, uh, thank you.